what's up my people welcome to kickback i'm honestly so grateful for you guys all still listening and to the first time listeners hello i hope you're starting to get a feel for the show and enjoying the guests that we've had on so far because i've certainly enjoyed speaking to all these people and so without further ado let's try today's show from a slightly different angle I was lucky enough to have a call with a good friend of mine. This is a multiple champion on the field and a great guy off the field. He's represented England, he's represented Manchester City, Fiorentina, Aston Villa, and he's even represented Great Britain at the Olympics in 2012. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my conversation with one Micah Richards. Made him. Here he is, Mr. Richards himself. <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> All right, guys. How are you, man? How are what you? What is happening, mate? I'm good. How are you, mate? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Obviously, you're recently retired, so um, I just want to know how many honours you're walking away with. <laughs> how many honours? Well, it depends, to be honest. Uh, I, I had uh, Premier League, but the, I didn't get enough appearances for the second one. Ah. I'm still counting it because I, you know, I uh, I was a good cheerleader that year. <laughs> 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 love that love that so how many was it then so it's two premier leagues and what else two, two premier leagues fa cup uh a league cup and charity shields must be nice must yeah, be nice it, it's nice uh to be honest Nate. but you know as a footballer yourself when you don't play a massive part in that you don't feel like you've done enough you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure for sure. Um, there's been times where you'll know yourself with your ability and certain managers just not giving you the chance or whatnot, but you feel you're good enough to play. So you know what it's like. Football are just uh, it's roller coasters, all, you know, up and down. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the politics of football. But without yeah. further ado, let's get into this. Are you ready, yeah? <laughs> let's go. All right. Oh. Basically, today, I want to speak to you about the three different stages of your career. We're going to talk about the start, the middle, and the end. Yes. Yes, and it's yes, going to yes. be about how the game has changed in the same way you've changed within it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, this isn't an interview. We're having a conversation. So please be honest. We don't need any of yeah, your nonsense answers. We're like, yeah, it was a game of two halves and all those cliches, yeah? <laughs> nah, nah, you know you're not going to get that. Oh, is the line good, though? Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I can hear you too loud and clear. That's the problem. <laughs> So, uh, so straight off, the, straight off the bat, then from the beginning, my first memory yeah. of you was when I was in the academy playing under seventeen or eight or nineteens, I think it was, and yeah. I saw you playing centre midfield in Man City's academy. <laughs> you want to try and explain to the listeners how that was a thing? <laughs> yeah, because obviously, if you want to roll back even further, mm. I was at um, Oldham Athletic. I was like a, 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 I won't say jinky, but I was, a, I was a technical number 10 stroke strike. Beg your pardon? Yes, yes, you were, you were correct. <laughs> I, was a, I was a number 10. So like, I, for Oldham, I was banging in goals, setting up goals, dribbling past people. Like, you know, you wouldn't believe. I got to Man City at 14 and I was the worst player. Nah, surely but not. By but by far though, and, and this is this is just me being honest. You know, I really was. You know, Shalem Logan back then. He 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 was the main man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember that. And then going forward now, um, I was I was as a centre mid. But then 
the new, the level that they wanted, I couldn't do. So they sort of put me defensive midfield, you know, because of my physical attributes and stuff. So um, I used to do all the tackling and all that sort of thing. But what p- probably caught people's eyes, I used to score a lot of headed goals. Ah, there's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but when we got to the to the big to the big Premier League, I must have scored about ten in my whole career. Well, 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 don't don't spoil don't spoil the content. I was going to discuss this. I was going to discuss this because you got you got the medals, but I got the goals. So, uh, but yeah, um, see, so yeah. I, so I remember you doing that, and you were similar to me in the fact that when we were coming through the academy, we were playing different positions, and then yeah. when it came time to get into the first team, yeah. like it was Kevin Keegan that told me to go and play right back because he wanted me to get better yeah. on the ball. And at the same time, we had Richard Dunn and Silva and Distan playing. And they were yeah. never going to miss a game because they were incredible, really, at that time. Although yeah. although it wasn't like City of now, as far as it went, those two were getting player of the season, year, you know, year after year, they were taking turns with it. So I went yeah. to right back, but how did you end up there? To be honest, I, I was playing midfield all the way up to Youth Cup, and then someone got injured. I, I don't know if it was Tyrone... Tyrone or someone I can't remember who got injured at the time but in the Youth Cup that was the first time I'd played centre-back and uh, I think it was Piercy at the time come to watch a game and he said that's one of the best youth uh, centre-back displays I've ever seen (laughs) bearing in mind I just played there and you know what youth football you know Chief you can get away with a yeah, lot of things, yeah, you know, sure. you don't really have to be in possession. You're bigger and stronger, you're, you're faster than everyone. So, you know, last-ditch tackles always look good to, to the fans and that sort of thing. But up until that day, I'd never played as a defender. Um, so then, after that game, I got drafted into the to the squad. And then, obviously, like you said, Richard Dunn, Distan, and you, you were ahead of me, do you know what I mean? So, uh, the, the only available chance was right back because they had Danny Mills who was struggling with an injury <laughs> Danny Mills um, yeah and and there was David Somay who was um, sort of in contract negotiations um, and then there was you who was covering right back and centre half and I remember the game was at um, was City Arsenal? in Manchester oh, City Manchester no 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 okay. yeah City in Manchester I, I made my debut as a striker but we'll go on <laughs> 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 but I remember you was injured, Danny Mills was injured, and there was, there was an opening at right back, and that's the only reason I ended up at right back. Hey, do you know, it's so funny, when people see people's careers and stuff, they sometimes forget how things start, and for as good as someone yes. is, you know, yeah. just good luck and circumstance, you know, you can end up in there, that, can't you? Yeah, I think... Um, as a youngster at Man City, you just needed that little bit of luck because at the time, they're not in the financial position they are in now. Yes, so yes, if yes. You did, if you did okay, there was chances that you'd get a, you know, you'd get a chance. It was just about grabbing it with both hands. Yeah. Just tell, try and tell people what the academy was like back then or what playing at Man City was like then. We're talking like early 2000s, 04 to like 06. Because yeah. people see them on TV now and it's arguably one of the best places in the world to play. Yeah. But back then, back then, do you know what I mean? Back where, then, where? <laughs> I remember there was one season, um, I'll never forget, Giorgio Samaras, our striker at the time, he scored 
a penalty against Everton. I think it was in January or February at home. And we didn't score another goal at home for the rest of the season. <laughs> for the rest of the season, I remember that. For the rest of the I season. Remember. And then now yeah. people like get stressed if they don't score a goal in the first half. You know? it's, it's just changed so, so much. Like you said, going back then, it was a good academy. Don't get me wrong because the facilities was really good. Yeah. But we didn't really have a style of play. We just had really good coaches. Alex Gibson, yeah. Frankie Buns, the Paul Powers. Yeah, for sure. Um, they, they, them sort of coaches, they just got the best out of what, what, what they had. Um but yeah, we was training in, in the middle of the Moss side. I mean, <laughs> after training, and for, for those who are listening, if you don't know what Moss side, it's, you know... It, it's it, Wild it's, West. Not, <laughs> 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 it, it, on a night time, it can get quite greasy and, and, and rough around there. Yes. So we had this academy right in the middle of this area at night time wasn't great, but I, I thought that sort of added to the character of the player, if you, if you know what I mean. Did you ever remember when we'd have to go from Platt Lane to Wally Range and that having to jog through those streets? Did you oh, ever we have to... Drove, we, we, yeah, we did that. We jogged through the streets and we went round the like, ponds. Do you remember the ponds? Yeah, don't, oh, don't, 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 don't. But looking back, how are they letting kids go and run through those areas to try and get to a training ground? It's as wild as it comes. It's just, it's just crazy. I mean, nowadays... You, you get locked up? Get yeah, you get yeah. locked up for that, yeah, 100%. But I think, you know, our generation and our era of young players coming through, um, it toughened us up a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, for it, sure. It was getting us ready for what was about to happen, whether you was make, making it as a footballer or doing something else in life. It was just preparing you for, for life in general, I thought. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like, even... Looking back then, although it's different now, a lot more players were making their debuts and being given opportunities because of the way that yeah. the club was. And yeah. overall, I don't think, on average, we're as good as the players that are coming through now. But yeah. I think more of us are going to, from that time, have had and will have strong careers because they're more yeah. built for, say, the real world and playing in a real physical life or death type game situation yep. you know what I mean because yeah. if you're a, yeah. if you're a City now I think you're you're a very good player but things yeah. have been quite easy for you you've not had to deal but, with some of the adversity that say other people have had to deal with at the same time but, but I think it's changed massively as well because that now City just look for technical players yeah first. yeah right when it was our area was looking for the, physical the physicality ones. first and yeah. then they wanted to improve the technicality for sure. All right, so, so to put it into perspective then of this first stage, who was the best player in that team when you first came through, do you reckon? Well, I didn't manage to play with him, but I trained with him just under Kevin Keenan. It was Nicholas and Elka, hands he, down. Yeah, yeah, he's cold, yeah. yeah. Hands down. But actually played with... And probably the most consistent, I'd have to say, Richard Dunn. Yeah, top class. But, you know, the old school is no Richard Dunn. But the new school is, yeah. you know, they'd call him whatever. But he was top class. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. so now let, let's jump to the middle of your career, yeah? So mm-hmm. when do you reckon the, for you now, since it's all said and done, when do you reckon your peak was? Because I've got an idea when I think it was. When do you reckon it was? So I had a, I had a, I had a little hype at the start where I just burst onto the scene. And a lot of people think that they was my best, best like seasons and best. But I actually think the 2011-2012 when we won the Premier League season was that your best one, do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think that was 
my best one only because I would, I, I, you know, someone argue I might have played better earlier on, mm-hmm. which you probably might do, but I was more consistent in in the 2011-2012 season when we won the Premier League. Okay, because for me, I, I can hear that, but for me, I remember it was when I think Sven was manager and he moved oh, you back yes, to centre-back. And I used to yes. hear people be running at you and I could hear you laughing. And I thought, that's so disrespectful. <laughs> but the fact is, they weren't going to get past you. Like I used to see it as well, ah, it's a waste of time. Yeah, there's no point doing that. No, he's nice. Because for you, whenever you were like you were always a good player, but when you were confident as well in that yes. moment, like yes. this is it's a waste of energy because you've got the physical things and you over time you develop the technical aspect as well. So when you're yeah. coming to people like that, they need to bring something special consistently throughout a game to do it, which was around that time. It wasn't the game wasn't really built for that. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I would, I would agree with you. But the only problem is, is back, I would have liked to have my season, sort of my, my career, ten years later. You know, coming in yeah, now, yeah. Because at them, at, at them times, no disrespect. Look at our team. Yeah, we, for we, sure. We, we're playing with no disrespect the Samarases and the Karadis, and yeah. you know th- them sort of players. And now these boys, you know. When I left towards the latter stage of my career, I was playing with Aguero and, and Silvers, and some some may argue you don't probably get to see the best out of it because they're doing everything for you. But nah, it's it not would true. have been nice. To, it would have been nice to play, you know, start start with them and then see where my career would have ended up. Then for sure. Yeah, I agree because with those players, yeah. when they're so elite, you have to raise yes. your game on a day in day out type basis. And then exactly. go out and play. I think when, by the time I was leaving City and the time you were leaving as well, the yeah. expectation at City was to win every game. Yeah. As opposed sure. to times gone by when it's like, well, let's see if we can finish here. Let's see if we can finish there. Like, what, yeah. and, but when there's that pressure of having to win every single game, there's a certain yeah. level of expectation which you have to meet. And yeah, across sure. my career as well, something which has always blown my mind was I've been at places where they've been good players, but players who yeah. aren't who haven't been as good as players who I had for certain spells at City. But when yes. you look at some of those players at City, as well as them being technically brilliant, they're all great professionals. Yeah. So then if you go somewhere else and you see someone that's not as good as someone that's great and is also less professional, you ask the question, well, like, what is that? And unfortunately, in those places, those players, it almost feels like they're irreplaceable, even though when you go to the top teams, if a top yeah. player isn't doing the business, they're replaceable. But elsewhere, yes. it doesn't work like that, which is pretty wild, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, I think everything's more scrutinised now, you know, with social media and everything. Mm-hmm. You could be the best player tomorrow, but the week after, you could be the worst player as well. Yeah, I think sure. in our, when we was coming through, we were we got away with, with certain certain bits, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, the social media wasn't as big. Um, but... I do genuinely believe me, you, the Michael Johnsons, the Stephen Islands, the Daniel Sturridges, you know, even like the Ishmael Millers, we, I, I still believe we still would have done well coming through the academy now. And yeah. I, lo- I think a lot of people sort of brush that aside, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I still think, believe we would have still had a had a good career even if we would have started now yeah I'm, I'm with you i'm with you obviously times change but people yeah. change in the times as well don't they so yeah, in the sure. same way that we were raised in that time it doesn't mean that's the only time where we could have come through within the game but yeah. it's yeah. i think as you get older it's hard to 
talk about the past and not sound like you're salty, but like I'm not salty yeah. at all. Like I'm yeah. I'm happy. I've enjoyed what I've done. I've been like we I feel like we're part of the generation which is linking is this is linked to society as well. We're old enough to speak to the older ones, but young enough to still be understood by the younger ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And because of that, I don't show. I don't feel like I don't show prejudice towards either side. Like it is, it is what it is. Whereas, unfortunately, yeah. people, some of the people who are older than us, they can be very critical of the younger people. But it's because of the things yeah. that they don't understand. But I think we understand what's going on because we were still in it at such a crucial time. Yeah, I think the older generation, though, they're they're, they're a bit bitter because of the money that's involved nowadays, and they don't think the players are as good nowadays. I just think the the better athletes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's funny when these guys say that actually, because I'm sure if more video was available uh, in the same way that it is today, if they had to watch their careers back and watch games back, I doubt they'll be saying the things about how great that era was. Because, yeah. Because realistically, sure. like you did have you did have plenty of good players, but come on, like. Yeah. When you're hearing people like going out doing whatever on a Friday night before a Saturday game and say, "Oh, what's the best recovery? Just go drink some beers and all this stuff." Like, <laughs> like come on, it, it can't be that good if that's what people were doing. No, you couldn't get away. You couldn't get away with that. No, nah, no chance. Like we, we spoke about before. Look, you know, the, uh, when I started uh, at City, I was running at centre half. Probably, I don't know, eight k a game, eight and a half k. Now, my last manager on this. Steve Bruce, if he wasn't hitting over 10k, then he didn't he didn't care how he'd performed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Listen, that's going to be the thing that's seeing me off. You know, at some point I'm going to have to call it. <laughs> I don't I don't want to hit 10k. I want to do as Yay. much as possible. I was sorry. I want to I want to have the biggest impact whilst like moving as little as possible, and that's through. If if you uh, if you're running less, but you still Efficient. It's uh, efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Surely you, 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 that's just groaning. You, you're reading the game better. Why, why do you have to run certain amount of stats to prove you've had a good game? Hey, listen, from the moments the stats appear, like people are going to live and die by them. <laughs> but unfortunately, like mine are low. Like my numbers are low. <laughs> they, can't be lo- hey, they can't be lower than mine. No, listen, 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 listen. On certain occasions, they can be. Like where I am now, uh, Rail Salt Lake here. I go forward for set pieces, but the last place I was at, I didn't at Queen's Park Rangers. So, like, I would try and cover as little ground as possible, have the biggest impact, but then also just stand on the halfway line for most of the set pieces. So my numbers were really low. Really, really low. It's not like, say, there was a certain guy who we've both played with who I won't name, but we know who it is. Um, a bit controversial. Who, for his stats, he was I always used to go up against Carl Henry uh, when I was at uh, Queen's Park Rangers. And Carl Henry covers like yes. 12 kilometers every year, guaranteed. Yes, yes. So this guy, whenever we'd get corner on the right-hand side, he'd jog across to the left-hand side and then sprint across to the court, take the corner on the right-hand <laughs> side and stuff like this. So that, that's just ridiculous. I know, I know, but that's what I mean. Some people want to live and die by those stats, but when you really break it down, like how effective was that run from there to there? Yeah, but, for you, sure. You know, a sh- one thing um, which I regret in terms of your career, my career, was for we kind of competed against each other for a few years, but I wish we played together more. Yeah. You know what it I mean? Was all, it was always difficult because we was both gunning for centre-half, but the only available choice was right-back, Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. So 
because we was two young lads as well, you can sort of risk putting a young lad at right back because you can cover him as a centre-half. But we was never going to play together. One, because we was both young. And two, they had club captain who was centre-half. So we had to just... Fill. I remember one stage, I was playing at left-back just to just to fit in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But And as well... That was, that was difficult because we was really good mates as well. But we, we essentially vying for the same positions. Yeah, but that's healthy competition. And do you know what? Take me back to that time because it's a credit to people like Richard Dunn, like Silva and Distan. Those guys could be like, have their ankles chopped off, but they're still going to stay on the field. You know what I mean? That's when yeah. I that's when I learned a level of toughness and what is really required to play that position because you need to be someone that's relied upon, you know, instead Richard, of someone... Yeah, I, I agree. Richard Dunn was a warrior. He was... One of the best players I've I've ever played with. I is one of the most underrated people as well. Mm-hmm. And he he would literally uh, I remember one example, he was he was ill the night before, but like he'd not eaten, he'd not he had about an hour's sleep, and then the next day he's the best player on the pitch and I just couldn't get my head right. These are the, the lengths that he used to go two just to get there on a Saturday and a lot of people don't know what it takes to be at that level and when I seen that it changed the way you know I I thought about the game because I I had to adjust to that otherwise I I wouldn't even get a chance at that level I remember one of the physios coming into me I'd rolled my ankle and my ankle was huge and in the academy you know, you can speak to the to the doctor and say, "Listen, I'm, I, 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 I can't play; it's too much pain." The, the the physio said to me, "If you don't get out there, this could be a last chance." And I went out there, strapped up, and I played. Yeah, that's and that's just the mentality that the older pros had. Yeah, for sure, for sure, the good older ones as well, the ones who you can look and find inspiration from the ones who were like you don't necessarily Richard wasn't necessarily the type of person that would always be barking all the time shouting at people (laughs) blah 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 but he led by example and overall he's the person who I've tried to be most like in my last year since I've been captain yeah you know he was he was a great great guy and great player as well um yeah great for both for sure so uh, on this podcast I've Normally, I chat for absolutely ages, and I don't know if people can handle me <laughs> chatting for ages, so I'm having to cut off certain bits of content here. So, yeah. can we... Uh, obviously, you're retired now, which is a yeah. crying shame, because yeah. you, are, you are younger than me, and you started after me. But, yeah. you know, the end is the end, and it happens to everybody. Looking back at your career now, do you have any regrets? I have, I have regrets, because, really, I should have stayed at Manchester City, but... At the same time, if he wasn't going to play, what's the point? Yeah. You know, like, it comes to a stage where if I if I hadn't have won a Premier League, if I hadn't won any silverware, I probably would have signed a deal until I, I you know, I, I, I'd won something. But because I thought I'd give everything I can and Zabaleta was clearly first choice at that stage... I, ha- I had to, I had to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it hurt me and it still hurts me now talking about it. But, you, you know, we're all professionals. Like, I, I got offered a five-year deal to stay, but at the time when Pellegrini, they, they had an English quota, you had, so, had so many English players. And I, and I genuinely believe, not the club, really, but 
Pellegrini, he only wanted to keep me for the quota so he could use me when he wanted to give Zabaleta a rest. And throughout my career from 17, I've always played. You know, I might have not played through bad form, but I'd always get my chance again back. But Zabaleta cemented himself as number one, which was hard to take because I've always played. So when that happened, whether I liked it or not, I had to leave. So that that is my my biggest regret, but I had to do it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's similar to me with what happened with Mancini beforehand. So I'd played under every single manager that came before. Then all of a sudden he came in and he had no interest in playing me whatsoever. Would never really tell me why I could be training the same as everyone else. And then nothing. And I remember he used to give me sleepless nights and stuff because I really didn't understand it. I was 25 maybe, 24, 25. And it seems young, but like you had been playing for like seven years already. And at City, that's a lot of coaches. That's like seven coaches worth already, you know. Yeah, for sure. So I'd be thinking like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? They were promoting people from the second team to come and play instead of me and this, that and the other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this isn't, this is weird. So I went on loan to Sunderland. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the year that you won the FA Cup, I believe, 2011. And yes. uh, I think I had the option to stay at Sunderland. And I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to do that. But with City being my hometown team, yes. I said, I need to go back and try and establish myself there. Even if I was yeah. to play 20 games in a 40, 50 game season that we might have, being mm-hmm. a part of something where you're trying to get titles and being around those yes. players would benefit me I thought that's what I thought mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I went and spoke to Mancini the last day of the season basically and then I was going to come back for pre-season then so <laughs> oh, sorry I'm joking here this is a bad memory <laughs> so then um is the pre-season oh don't get me started don't get me started so on the um I'll never forget I was at I was at Centre Parks on the Saturday and pre-season was supposed to start on Monday and like, arguably the greatest ever employee of Man City, Claire Marsden, the club secretary, sends me a message to say, oh, you don't have to come in on Monday. You're going to start on Saturday, the following Saturday. So I was like, ooh, more holiday extra, time. Extra, extra break. Yes. Man. I was like, yes, this is this is top, top draw. I'm very happy about this. And then I said, oh, wait a second. Let me just check to see if everyone else got the same message. So I'm not sure if I messaged you <laughs> or Sean Wright Phillips, but I sent a message. Like, yeah, yeah, we're in on Monday. I was like, hmm, excuse me? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, so then you guys came in on Monday, trained till Friday, and then left for a, a United States on the Friday. And I got in on yeah. Saturday. I was training with Emmanuel Adebayor, Wayne Bridge, Roque Santa Cruz, and a bunch of 16-year-olds. And that was that was the preseason for us. And I was thinking, what has happened here? Because the last, conversation, the last yeah. conversation I had was, oh, I'd like to come back. And he says, okay, I'll let you know. I said, I'll let you know. And then, oh, you let me know. But I didn't leave that first transfer window. But I trained with the sixteen under sixteens basically all summer. Played all the preseason games against the amateur sides, and then <laughs> oh god, I'm choking again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so it was the last. It was deadline day, and I'd not gone anywhere yet. There was talk of like QPR at the time, but I wasn't sure about it at that moment. Um, so it was deadline day. So I said bye to everyone. I took my bag of all my shoes, all my gear. I said bye to everyone. August thirty first, I think it was said bye, sat in my house watching the TV, waiting to see my name pop up on the screen on the big deadline day or whatever. My name never yeah. popped up. I've never felt so sick in all my life. Because then we had training the next day and I'm walking back in with the same bag of boots saying, oh, hi, everyone. <laughs> hi, hi, I'm back. And it just so happened, there was a Champions yeah. League game on the Tuesday or Wednesday, City's first ever against Napoli. Were you, I think you must have been in the squad that game or whatever. 
Why is it? Yeah, why is it? I'm walking into the dressing room and I look at the squad list and my name's on the squad list after I've been training with the under 16s for the past two months. And it was that quota thing. That's all it was. Oh, it was a quota. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's, it's yes, a, you know, it's a big yes. jump to go from playing under 16s to being part of a Champions League squad all of a sudden, you know what I mean? But yeah, so I stayed for that period. I wasn't really playing. It was, it was hard. That was very hard for me to accept because as well, like these teammates were my friends. And to see that all of a sudden I'd fallen out of form, and not sorry, not out of form, because there was no form when you're not playing. I'd fallen yeah. completely out of favor in this situation yeah. to the point where I was like a laughing stock in my own dressing room because I just yeah. wasn't training with you. That was so hard. Lads are not ta- taking you serious, you but, know, like yeah, I'm, banter, I'm, it, it's similar to how I felt at Villa come the end. Yeah, that's that's hard. That stuff's hard. Like the psychology of football there is so difficult because, yeah. like. One thing I realized back then was that I needed in that moment a senior professional, someone to speak to me and just like make sure I was all right because I was struggling. I was really, really struggling. But at yeah. the time, no one was there. And I don't know if it was because they were selfish or if it just wasn't right. People didn't really know. But that that was hard. But that's yeah. something which I've taken on board myself now to the point yes. where I, whenever I'm captain or even in a locker room now, I'm always making sure everybody's okay. Because you never know, you never know. You in never, this game. Yeah, you never, you never know. But I think why people may not have come to you because they see saw you as one of the more experienced and oh, chief is always all right because you was always, you know, seeing everyone's all right or giving knowledge to other people. Because let's let let let's not beat around the bush. You, obviously, you're a, a, a good footballer, but you're actually you're like a you know. A, a, a brainiac as well, you, you know, A-levels a as well. So, you know, sometimes you can be intimidating to people where they don't know how to approach it because normally you're the one who solves all the problems, yeah. if you know what I mean. It's a shame. It's a shame because, honestly, like, I've I've loved my career to this point. Yeah. But that was the most difficult time and that's when I needed the most help because I didn't oh, know. Because yeah. not being yeah. selected and not knowing what comes next... It's something which I'd never experienced before. Basically, throughout yeah. the academy, like I, you know, I didn't, I never dreamed of being a professional footballer, but I became one because I was good enough throughout all the different stages because I was doing other things. So it wasn't like I was living and dying by it. But once I was in, I was all in. And then all of a sudden, yeah. for the direction to change and nobody to tell you why it's changing or how it's changing. Like I remember with with Roberto. Obviously, you like Mancini. You know, you, you guys were kind of tight. There were two things. <laughs> yeah. there one story involving you, one not involving you. I don't know if you remember, but we were out warming up one day when I was actually lucky enough to train with the first team and you and I must have just <laughs> like shared a joke. Yeah. And then Machini pulled us both to the side and do you remember telling us, he was telling you specifically, this is not the time to joke. You do not joke on the training field. <laughs> but like he said yeah. that, he said that initially to the two of us, then pulled you to the side and was giving you a little private chat like, oh, nigga, no, you can't you do know this. What, you know what it was? I thought, with Mancini, I, I, you know, like, because he loved Mario. Yeah. And I got on well with Mario. And he just, you know, he, he saw something in me where he just, he, he wanted to help me for some reason, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. let's, let, let's not forget, at the start, he, 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 was, he was basically slagging me off, saying, why, why are you doing this? Why are you not doing this? Why? And... Because I didn't sort of react to it and I would just sort of... It was different between me and you because I got the chance to show him, whereas you didn't, if yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. So that's where it was different. And because 
we wasn't blessed with great defenders at the time. No disrespect to anyone at the time. Um, it, it was we was always going to get, or I was always going to get a chance somehow. It's just I managed to sort of worm my way in a little bit. <laughs> you weasel. Like like just that. wormed yeah. your way in. Yeah. Embarrassing. Now yeah. oh, come, let's have an espresso. <laughs> come on, let's have a chat. Shame <laughs> on you. No, that's that's just fair. You know, my biggest regret, I think, uh, looking back, was not really understanding what's important in terms of being a professional until it was probably too late. Because at that point, I'd already left City. Say like with Sven, how we'd always be stretching after training and stuff. I never understood the point. With other managers, whether we be talking about hydration or making sure that you do this, making sure that you do that. It's not the same as in this day and age now where it's demanded of you and you have no choice. Back then yeah. you had a choice and certain people did it and certain people didn't. Yeah. So there was no like clear and obvious pathway. And as a consequence, when I was younger, I had more injuries. Whereas as I've become older and I've started to understand more about my body and the way it works within the game, like touch wood, I'm yeah. barely ever injured. Like the bulk yeah. of my games have come over the past few years. Like there was a year, I think three years ago, where in the championship, I played every minute of every game, did every minute of every training session. And then finished the year, walked away like in good health, you know. Yeah. But then when I was younger, I might be playing twenty, twenty-five games, and that's all I could have possibly been available for. But yeah. you know, what? Um, what's your favorite memory looking back at your career now? Um, my favorite memory is well, obviously you have to say a trophy because the trophy is always the favorite memory you know someone argued a debut and stuff like that but my favorite times you know my favorite memory is winning the premier league for yeah. definite for sure but my, my 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 favorite moments and stuff like that were just the dressing room that we had you know back then yeah, yeah. you don't understand how important and how good we had it we had all of us coming through the academy you know We'd go, all go to college together, you know, we'd go to college together. Then on a Saturday, you'd be playing for the for Man, Man City first team and then, like, them them times can never be replaced. Yeah, for sure. Ever. For sure, for sure. Um, so we're getting close to wrapping up. I still need a yeah, five-a-side yeah. team from you, but I'm not going to ask you that just yet because okay. the fact is that you'll name your five-a-side team and the listeners will tell you it's terrible. So that'll, that'll be like a small segment. Don't worry about that. So here's so here's a here's a quick fire. I'll ask you a few questions, a few would you rather's, and then just let me know what you think okay. because you're looking. Well, we're both lucky enough to be the age where we've seen the Premier League in the '90s, and we've left the football league in like 2000 whatevers. Yeah, so we've got a good knowledge base of what's what. But to start off, anyway, you've got two options. Would you rather? Because I, I think I know what your answer is. Would you rather save a goal with an incredible bit of defending, a tackle, whatever, or would you rather yeah. score a goal? Like we're talking winners or game-saving tackles. What would you rather? Can we be a bit more specific? Okay, what, so... What event it was? All right, if okay. You're gonna score the, if you're going to score the World Cup uh, goal, of course you're going to score right. the World Cup goal. Okay, so say, let's put it then, let's say that game in 2012 um, against yes. QPR. Say you were playing in that. And yeah. it's, say, so it goes, would you rather be the person, would you rather be Aguero and score the third goal or or if something happens after that and QPR are about to score in the last kick of the game and you somehow save something with a bit of heroic defending to keep the game at 3-2 and that decides it? 
yeah, defending. It's always defending for me. That you're gives me sad. You're a pathetic. Great, great, great. You're pathetic. Great you're pathetic. Great, I swear down. Great pathetic. All right. Okay. Great, great satisfaction. satisfaction. If I look yes. on YouTube, I only ever see you doing somersaults after you score. I never see you doing them after tackles. So why are you yeah, trying to lie to the listeners? It, it, because, because. If you celebrate it after a tackle, you just look like a fool. No, you look like Italian. That's what Chiellini and all them guys used to do now. Yeah, but they're only doing that all that all that stuff now is because, you know, it, 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 you know, I just think they're doing it because like everyone expects them to do it now. Yeah, you know? okay. like, they would have done it once. They've done it once, and then everyone jumps on it now. So they're doing it more. Listen, let me tell you for a fact. I'm gonna go for a goal. 10 times out of 10 because then I can have like a highlight reel. I said to you, if it was a World Cup goal, I'm yeah, okay. World Cup goal, right. me, I get joy out of that last time. Okay. You know, you shall not pass sort of thing. Hey, listen, when like your career is done now and mine's done, but I'll tell you one thing, when so if someone wants to create a highlight reel, it's not going to include tackles, it's just going to include goals. <laughs> and yours is going to be short, yours is going to be shorter than mine as well. Let's just have that, let's have that right. <laughs> um, all right. Go Look at the goals I scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you, scored, listen you scored. Listen, you scored. You scored big goals, and you scored more goals in the Premier League. But from a numbers perspective, <laughs> from a numbers perspective, <laughs> I have more goals. I have okay, more okay. goals. You, uh, can you can have that. You can have that. Oh, cheers, mate. Thank you. It's the only thing I've got. So thank you. Um, <laughs> so we sometimes talk about Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah, deciding yes. who's better. Like we we know what we think anyway. But who would you rather play with, and who would you rather play against? Ooh, I'd rather play with Messi, um, and, and I'd rather obviously play against Ronaldo because I've played against Ronaldo and I've done quite well against Ronaldo, and so have you. Yeah. Whereas Messi, nah. I just couldn't get nowhere near him. <laughs> like you, you check suspects. your shoulder, he's over there. Yeah. You check your other shoulder, he's over there. Yeah. And, with Messi, it doesn't track back, so you can't even go pick him up, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can't, because he, he doesn't have to do the work back. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so, obviously, it's a completely different type of player, but I remember playing in the derby one time and Giggs was playing, and uh, our winger had the ball on the right wing, and he needed support because he was getting 2v1, he was thinking Darren Fletcher and Petri Severa, so I was running forward to try and do it, but Giggs let me run past him. He looked at me and he was basically laughing. I was like, <laughs> why is he laughing? So I went up there. We lost the ball. Before you know it, Ryan Giggs running down the wing. I thought, oh, yeah, God, here we go. Smart. Experience, experience. So who's the best Premier League striker out of these two if you go Thierry Henry or Sergio Aguero? Thierry Henry. Best manager, if we're talking prime time, like when they're at their absolute best, Arsene Wenger or Sir Alex Ferguson? Sir Alex Ferguson. Who would you rather play for, Alex, uh, Arsene Wenger or Alex Ferguson? Sir Alex Ferguson. Who'd you rather play with, Gerard or Lampard? Gerard. Who's a better player, Gerard or Lampard? Gerard. Oh, easy, easy. <laughs> so now I'd like you to uh, share your uh, fantasy five-a-side team with the listeners. I'll, crit- I'll criticize it for a second, and then I'll just tell you one more story before uh, before I say thank you. Okay, so are we talking about full ballers, or are we going? <clears throat> are, you, are you saying balance? What no, listen, listen. You've played five a side before. You know the dynamics that are required for someone to win at five a side. It's a smaller field, and like you need certain bits of something. You can't always have attackers. You can't always have defenders. So you decide what your team is. No, I'm going. I'm going. Um, R nine up front. Mm-hmm. 
Brazilian Ronaldo. Yep. Leading the line. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm putting Ronaldo to the left of him. Okay. And I'm putting Messi to Ooh. the right of him. Oh, okay. Okay. Then midfield. I'm going Gerard because oh, he he's can gone, track back. He's gone Gerard. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, listen, this is five aside, yeah, so there's a goalkeeper involved, all right? So you've just named four outfielders. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because, and then Using goal. I'm going uh, Edison. Edison. Right. Okay. Edison, just because of his, he can play out the way I want to play. Oh, here, we here we you go. Here we go. Here we go. It's none of this 2005, let's kick the ball. Here we go. That we know. Pep Richards, here we go. Yeah, Pep Richards. football that we're doing, you know what I mean? All right. Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, I hope there's more than one ball in the field for you anyway to keep all those people happy. But, you know, we'll, 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 fig- we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right, thanks for that. I'm going to, i say I'll reach out to the listeners and I'll let you know what they think about it. But just before um, I say thank you and we go, do you know what my favourite memory of you was? What do you reckon it would be? Like, literally, it's the funniest thing that you've ever done whilst I've been there. What do you reckon it would be? While playing football? Whilst playing football, yeah. Because let's not talk about uh, off-the-field uh, activities. Whilst yeah, playing okay, football. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, we keep it... Um, yeah, there's, there's young people... Let's keep it radio-friendly, yeah. <laughs> um, probably when someone tried to take me on and I've just laughed right in their face. <laughs> No, well, okay, that's that's in, that's happened lots, which is very funny. <laughs> but I can count, I could counter that by saying the time when I was playing right back, you were centre back, and you were running back against John Carew, like big John Carew, and you've tried to shoulder barge him three times and fallen to the floor <laughs> twice, and I decided to run off and say, "Nah, I'm not helping you." But I was like, "Any chance you can get some help over here?" Nah, I was like, "No, nope. Listen, me. play to your strengths, play to your strengths. He was a big guy, and I had nothing to do with it. But my favourite memory was in 2009, we were both uh, playing for England at the 21s at the European Championships. We were playing against Sweden. I think we were 3-0 up. Then maybe Fraser <laughs> got sent off or something, and it goes to 3-3. I'm not sure if there's yeah. extra time, but now we're at penalties. Throughout that whole summer, under Stuart Pearce, we'd been practicing penalties, and he was keeping <laughs> a tally of who was scoring, who was not scoring, to create an order. Yeah. yeah? Yes. It just so happened that after the summer of practicing penalties, I was the last man to be taking a penalty. <laughs> and it also, whoa, relax. And it also just happened that you were the guy before me to be taking a penalty. So because we were down to 10 men, I was 10, you were nine. Penalties wow. are going in, flashing in, bash, bash, bash. It's like, oh, oh, we might have to take a penalty here. Oh, gets to six. You turn to me and says, can we swap? That's the biggest display of weakness I've ever heard in all my days. I am 10, you are 9, you're asking me to swap. We we were the hopes of the nation at the time. Pathetic. Listen, listen, you've got to stick to your strength and penalties are not my strength. They're not mine? I was 10? I was 10? What are you trying to throw me there for? Thankfully, anyway, it didn't get to us and we won the game, went to the final, got killed by Germany, but that's a different story altogether. Let's not talk about that. But yeah, Micah, thank you very much for being on the show, man. Really appreciate no, it. No problem at all, man. Yeah. It's uh, nice, nice to speak to you, brother. You too, man. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was one Mr. Micah Richards. He's a really good guy. I've, someone who I've basically come up through the ranks with and lived my life through and 
you know, we, we're basically one and the same. And to be able to have seen his career and see him be as successful as he was, and as successful as he is now, because he's venturing out into the world of media, it's, uh, it's something that really makes me feel proud because we, you know, we did it together, we really did. But now that's the end of the show. So yeah, again, I'd like to say thank you to all the listeners. Also, a big thank you to Ryan Hale, the man himself. Oh, he's obviously running things here in Mountain Air Studios, Draper, Utah. And uh, yeah, hopefully there's going to be there's going to be more interaction with the fans once I realize that the right address for you to be um, leaving voice memos at is actually digitalrsl.com instead of rsl at digital.com. So yeah, I apologize for that. But please feel free to reach out to the show and reach out to RSL at all major social media platforms. Thank you very much. Thank you.